Good, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Stand up and stretch, just, just once. Get up on, stand up and just kind of, ah. All right. This is the final day. It's been quite the weekend, I'll tell you what. I don't know if y'all got sleep at all this weekend. I'm running on very, very, very little. Yesterday was quite a day on the porch. Anybody come by the porch yesterday? See some and we know what an amazing place this is to hear music, and it's a real listening room in a big fest, tiny listening room in a big festival. And uh, I've been a, a, a real fan of this guy for, for a long, long time. He used to come by the uh, Prism Coffee House in Charlottesville for some epic uh, sets there. A great songwriter, an amazing singer, and uh, a really nice person. Uh, make him feel welcome, Mr. Daryl Scott. Daryl, how are you feeling this morning? I'm doing pretty good. I haven't, uh, I probably have as much sleep as you guys, but for different reasons. <laughs> I just flew in from Scotland last night. Uh, so I got about three to four hours sleep, just like you guys. And you were, were you playing music there, or were you, or were you hearing music there, or a little of both? Or? A little of both, and a lot of uh, sort of vacation of sorts, but you know, play a gig and have three or four days off, play a gig, have three or four mm -hmm, days off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really great. Is that uh, some of the uh, the roots of some of your music, or at least the g the place, the locations of so many of your stories that you put to song, have that kind of Scots Irish roots in it? Sort of that part of the country, does it not? Sort of that. Well, it's my idea, and that basically our American folk music comes uh, as a direct, you know, descendant of of the Irish, English, mm -hmm. Scottish thing, and then. What happens over here in terms of roots music, then it meets with African mm -hmm. influences mm -hmm. and becomes, you know, something else yeah. again yeah. as far as roots music. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of the music comes from across across the pond as yeah. well. Yeah. Well, we like to have a little chat today, but I always think it's best to start one of these things with l just a, a, a good old tune, just to kind of get people under the tent here. So uh, let's make him feel welcome here, Daryl Scott. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, you want me to start with that song you talked about? Yeah, okay. I'll do that. I was I was so selfish that I, I just requested a tune that I really, really love. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I hope you do too. Okay, yeah, he was asking about this song, and I'll be glad to do it. It's called Double-Headed Eagle, and um, it was a co-write song, but it didn't start that way. I, I had the opening riff and all the verses, but I didn't know what to do with them. They felt like there's three verses in here, I guess, and um, they needed something to combine them together. We usually call that a chorus, capital K, and um, but I couldn't come up with it, so I showed it to my friend Marcus Humman, and Marcus is uh, just one of the greatest writers and artists kind of guys in Nashville, I believe, and that's why I showed it to him. And uh, then we came up with this and kind of put it together called Double-Headed Eagle.
Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> wow, thank you so much for that, man. I, uh, there's a period where I was listening to that, uh, that song a lot, and I, I guess I was, uh, I always just sort of wondered about where that came from for you, that, that whole metaphor. How, maybe, maybe the songwriting process in general, I mean, is it, is it something that it comes to you and then it, you build around it, or what were you, what were you How'd that happen? I'm sorry, I don't know how to well, say Well, sometimes they come out in different ways. Um, that song came out, uh, um, like I said, I had the verses. So the first verse is, uh, we had a fight and I walked the street for hours. Well, I'd had a fight and I'd walked the street for hours. <laughs> Literally. So a lot of times that's, that's where it starts mm -hmm. because something is going on. So it's more than just sort of the words. There's an emotional charge. Yeah behind it there's an emotional thing that came in to make those work those words that day seem significant mm -hmm. enough to okay so i'm not just walking around i'm a, i'm writing a song now right so <laughs> then you surrender to okay i'm writing a song and so then it just kind of went from there so like i said i had the verses and i knew there was something there because it was coming from that emotionally charged place and um and I had that opening riff <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and that's all I had for uh, several years, actually. Uh, I carried around the song as the verses only. So I needed, I always felt it needed, and what courses do, which is kind of sit in the middle of a song with verses on either side of it, usually. And it kind of, the chorus is sort of the, n the nucleus of the song, usually. Mm -hmm. That's why it's a capital K. Of course, with a capital K. It's very simple. It's where the center is of the song. And then, so once I found the chorus with my friend Marcus Humman, then I had a song. Mm -hmm. So basically, it started with having a fight, um, bringing it to the song, but also coming to a conclusion in the fight, which was, uh, in if you followed the lyric there, he comes back from the walking around, and she's asleep, and he imagines himself entering her dreams as uh, the double-headed eagle. Mm -hmm. That has, uh, you know, if he had if he had one body, he would. It's one thing, but he has two heads. <laughs> so he he basically wishes that he could be in two places. Yeah, yeah. But he can't. So she wakes up at the end, and they make love like uh, love would never come again. And there's yeah. the end of the song. Yeah. So wow. that's how that one came wow. about. Yeah. Hey, well, we'll have you do one more before we bring uh, your incredible uh, partners out there. They're with you. You do a lot of songs where you uh, you do songs a lot about that really have a sense of place. I know that's kind of a cliche 
way to do it, but but a lot about sort of the mountains around here. I know your family has has roots in in Kentucky, correct? In the coal mining and and that that uh, that yeah. whole community. Yeah, right? I'm from Kentucky, uh, and it's really the generations ahead of me that were uh, even more deeply into Kentucky. They were coal miners in Harlan County. Um, and you grew up in, in Gary, in Indiana, is that correct? Yeah, basically what a lot of hill folks did, maybe some of your family did too. So you're from these areas, and you find you can't make a living anymore, uh, and you go to the areas where you can make a living. Mm-hmm. So for folks in the um, 40s and 50s, they would go basically up north. Sure. Uh, Detroit, working okay. in car factories. Chicago, working Hill in steel Hill mills. The Hillbilly Highway. The Hillbilly <laughs> Highway deal. And so that's what my family did yeah. too, so... Uh, two older brothers were born in Dearborn, Michigan, while my dad worked at uh, Cadillac. And then uh, they came back to Kentucky, had me. Mm-hmm. Then, same thing, we can't make a living here. So then they go up to the Chicago area, which was uh, Gary, East Gary, Indiana. And, um, and you know, so I lived up there for about eight years as a kid uh-huh. with my family. So, you know, right immediately I'm thinking of two songs. Uh, You'll Never Leave Harlan Alive, which I don't want to do. And uh, East of Gary, yeah. though, which I yeah. do want to do. Yeah. And uh, so talking about a sense of place, basically, I've traveled a lot, both as a kid and I'm still traveling. I was in Scotland yesterday, <laughs> for example. You look great, though, don't you? It's 1030 in the morning. <laughs> but not, what happens when you travel is you keep your eyes open and you keep your heart open and you keep your experience intake open so that you can kind of absorb what's going on. Um, it, that helps as a traveler, and it also helps as an artist, like writing songs and stuff. Um, but uh, I'll do this song called East of Gary that has, uh, talking about the place. Uh, h- here's what happened. I, I lived in Gary till I was about eight, and then we moved on and kept traveling. Uh, little Kentucky, little Tennessee, a little Southern California. Um, what I did was go back to the town called East Gary, it was east of Gary, Indiana, and um, I went back as a, an adult. I was 21 or something like that, and um, the town had changed a lot. So here's my childhood town, you know, library, you know, elementary school, and basically what had happened because it was a mill town, depending upon the steel mills, and the steel mills had cut down, uh, shut down. I was looking at one of the poorest towns I've ever seen. Uh, but this was my childhood home, so it wasn't only that, they changed the name of the town. How often does that happen, right? So there again, it was like, and then uh, you'll hear in the song, uh, I filled up with gas there, and the the kid tried to cheat me out of, well, he did cheat me, as a matter of fact, out of my change. Uh, So part of the songwriting thing is just being an observer and telling the truth about what you're up to. So the gas kid shows up in the song. So sometimes that's uh, that's part of what the songwriting can be about, is just really just reporting what it is that's going on. Here's one called uh, East of Gary. Westward wind 
I watched mom and dad trying to clean their sorrows with my brothers and me at Old Lake Michigan. Oh, there's a little boy, he's got big brown eyes, he's got swimming trunks about twice his size, looking at a still mill sunset, skipping a stone, oh boy, ain't you a little young to feel so When we moved away Now it's more than words That I don't recognize The kid down at the filling station Tried to keep my change From a 20 And I could see that cold assurance In his eyes Here you need ten dollars for the rainy day Yeah, maybe save and go to college Or just get away Or you could spend that money On a two-day stone Oh, there are worse things in this old world Than being alone Yeah, let me tell you now Driving from Chicago east of Gary, and you find a fallen town that has two names. There'll be no one to possibly remember a little lonesome brown eyed boy who went by James. Oh, the mill shut down. But the air's still sour You get a hotel room Brother, you're gonna have to pay by the hour Oh, them good old days They're just good and gone Like caught on leaves On a burning lawn Yeah, I grew up on the Indiana side Chicago with the rusty steel mills belching in the westward
Thank you, thank you. Mm. Really powerful guitar player too. We did, I've seen you at, at festivals and you do a lot of talking about, about songwriting when we have these, but not a lot of people talk to you about your guitar playing, which is just a, one of my favorites. You're one of my favorite guitar Thank players. you, thank you. Yeah. A unique, you play a pretty unique unique style. It seems, I mean, from just a novice here, it almost sounds like you just kind of bring to it whatever you feel like it needs to it at that particular song, rather than like, okay, that's how this person plays the guitar, you know? Yeah, yeah, and it changes from, you know, s night to night or, you know, performance, yeah. performance, yeah. based on my voice, based on how much I had to drink, <laughs> how much sleep I had, you yeah, know, yeah. what this PA system sounds like, and so yeah. I kind of react to you know, the whole everything rather than try to, uh, you know, carry around the same everything everywhere I go. Mm -hmm. I mean, in terms Whoa. of... Whoa. <laughs> it's a little game we have here with the <laughs> Soak the Artists at 10.30 in the morning. Well, it's not hitting We promised me. you showers at the... Did you remember that? This is it, pretty much. You're getting a... So has it been raining? It must have been, right? It, I guess so, I... It's been up there for a while, I guess. Well, how about, uh, how about, um, why don't you play us one, if you would, I'm just, a, maybe play us one that you really enjoy when you think of, like, I really want to play, you know, I want to play one. Uh, you know, you just want to, you're in a mood to just really play guitar, or whatever mood you're in right now, whatever kind of guitar tune you're in the mood for right now, and you want to bring your band up for this one, or? You want to just do us one more with you? What do you think? Okay, Let's get Kenny Malone, one of the most. I don't know if you have that. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you have that uh, Daryl Scott live in NC. Anybody got that? Right? So you know about Kenny Malone. What an incredible. He's got a whole rack. You can't see. He's got a whole arsenal of brushes back there.
Return again someday. He did return just one year later. Lord, I'll not forget that day. The baggage car is where he traveled in a casket where he lived. Train man, keep your whistle blowing. Make it moan and make it whine. You make a man feel mighty lonesome.
I can see him as a baby And I can hear him call my name And I can feel him under fire See him rising from the flame If I could, I'd trade places I would gladly give my all I'd wrap that goddamn flag around me like a blanket and listen for the clouds to fall. Trading bad, keep your whistle blowing. Make it moan and make it whine. You make a man feel mighty lonesome. With a memory like mine. Kenny Malone. So there, for example, I'll, you know, I've never played it quite that way. It's the same arrangement if you took the general skeletal of the song. It was still there, the verses. I did the verses. I did the choruses. And there's the solo section, but what happens is I look for each time to do it to be different. I don't want to be doing it the same way. I'd get bored as shit. And if you heard me a second time, you would be too, right? So what I try to do well, is, us, right, he says the music plays us kind of deal. So that's what happens. You just, you know, and then I haven't played with Kenny in a long, long time. So he inspires me to do something. Maybe I inspire him. And then it comes to what just happened and now it's over with, you see? There's Kenny Malone back there. I'm telling you, one of the oh, most unique and fantastic percussionists from Denver, Colorado. How did you guys get hooked up with each other? Let's see. I met Kenny on a session. When I first got to Nashville, I did studio session stuff because uh, it paid really well, and uh, I didn't have any money. And I had kids and a house and stuff, and uh, so I would do jingles along with, you know, <laughs> other recordings and stuff, demos and stuff. But I met Kenny on the jingle. Uh, oh, right. It may have been Ego. You got to give us the jingle. Do you I remember? I don't remember. And a lot of the jingles, you know, you do them and you know they never get heard. They are uh -huh. like spec, uh -huh. you know, but you still get paid. But that's how I first met him. I'd but I knew <laughs> of kids playing on records. Ego. I've been studying <laughs> records for, you know, 30, 40 years. Uh, and then the sec, I'll tell you about Kenny. The first time I hired him to play, you know, on my recordings, I'd spent, uh, like I said, I was a session player when I first got to Nashville. And so what you learn to do as a session player is to fit in and blend in wherever you are. So you're on an ego commercial, be ego, <laughs> you know? You're on a country song, be country, blues, you know, whatever, go with whatever because, uh, Studio musicians, you know, one of the great things about it is they can play yeah. 
all sorts of ways uh, really well. And, um, but I always felt my timing was poor. And in case I forgot that, every drummer I ever worked with in Nashville would tell me that <laughs> after, you know, on playback. <laughs> they would. And just because uh, what I tend to do is get excited and I rush. If you'll notice when most musicians rush, it's actually going from one section, say a verse, into a chorus. They can't wait to get to that chorus because it's so cool. Cap chorus, capital K, right? So you want to get there quicker. And most, um, most of us have that. Uh, and sometimes it's a very natural thing, you know, to do that, to rise in t uh, tempo and stuff and intensity and all that. In the sessions, though, they don't like that because a lot of them are on clicks. And if you're rushing that course entrance thing, man, it's, it just spells bad news for everybody. So I was always really uh, self-conscious in a bad way about my timing as a guitar player. And then that all got erased on the very first session I had with Kenny Malone. And the session was uh, Kenny Malone and a great upright bass player named Roy Husky Jr. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I and the timing, I didn't have to worry about it anymore. I n none of that sort of self-conscious, you know, is my timing, you know, with the metronome. Is it, it just got went out the window completely and just started thinking about music as opposed to my timing. And there's a big old difference, big difference. Yeah. And uh, really, I have to thank Kenny Malone for that. He's that kind of a player and teacher. Yeah. Well, thank you for that and a lot of other things, Ken. Hey, well, let's get Shad Cobb up here on fiddle to join us on this good morning. I haven't played with Shad in a long time either, so this is this is gonna be fun here.
kitchen and my door. I got a big black cat and he's scratching at my door. He runs by me kind of funny, cause I've never let him in before. The cat is scratching at my door. you think everybody, everybody needs some time away. She'll only be gone for the weekend, but it feels like Sunday every day. Everybody needs a little bit of time, they need a little bit of time away. Yesterday, 
There's no use living for today. That's Shad Cobb right there. Kenny Malone. I'm Daryl Scott. Thank you for being here this morning. Hey, hey, Daryl Scott. Ladies and gentlemen, what a wonderful trio, wonderful artist. His whole, uh, y'all are going to be playing right down the hill at, I think, 3-something, three 3.15 maybe. Or 1.15 or 2 or something like that. 1.15? Oh, don't what listen to me, man. 1.15 it is. <laughs> don't listen to me. 115. 115. Steep Canyon Rangers are playing right now, and then Daryl's going to play there. And while Daryl's playing there, we're going to have uh, Ricky Skaggs and Jerry Douglas over here. So you can see everybody by doing both these things. And uh, what a way to start the morning, huh?